You're listening to the Woman Angler and Adventure Podcast, part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. You're going to have an entire generation that doesn't care about fishing. And if all of a sudden there is a tough decision, hey, do we protect this fishery? You're in Tennessee. Do we protect this lake? Uh, or do we build high-rises on it because it's going to create a bunch of you know, jobs and tax money? It's a tough call. Like, if you've never been fishing before... Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, Angie Scott and Barb Carey. Hello and welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. I'm Angie Scott. We're in the middle of a series of episodes we put together all centered around the future of sport fishing and the importance of getting new people into the sport. Today we have a conversation with another colleague in the industry who has that same mission, Joe Simons from Salt Strong. He and his brother Luke up and quit their six-figure jobs a few years ago to start Salt Strong. They're down in Florida and they're making it happen. If you listen to us on the Waypoint Outdoor Podcast Collective, then you've probably seen the Salt Strong podcast as well, and it's a show I highly recommend checking out. Before we get into that, uh, speaking of Florida, Barb and I are going to be in Orlando all this week for iCast. We're going to be recording podcasts, doing Facebook Lives, and showing you some behind-the-scenes stuff. So these videos are going to be streaming from our Woman Angler and Adventure Facebook page. So be sure you've liked the page and note that that's different than our Facebook group, which is our closed online community. So we'll put links to both of those in the show notes. Be sure you're connected. And we'll be at the RBFF booth, which is going to be near the entrance of the show. So if you're there, please stop by and say hi. All right, here's Barb and I's conversation with Joe Simons from Salt Strong. Joe Simons, like diamonds. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventure <laughs> podcast. It's great to have you back on. How'd I do with that? <laughs> you nailed it. Like diamonds. Oh, <laughs> sure. that's awesome. So for our <laughs> listeners who may not be aware, Joe was my last guest on the It Pays to Fish podcast right before we switched over to the Woman Angler and Adventure. And it's absolutely insane to think about how much has happened since then for both of us, actually. And uh, I'm excited to have my co-host, Barb Carey, joining us for this interview, too. Hey, Joe. Nice to meet you. Hey, Barb. How are you? Great. And and also, now the Woman Angler and Adventure and Salt Strong Podcast, which is Joe's show, are now neighbors on the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So that's kind of cool, too. Well, that's right. Yes. I've seen our numbers go up quite a bit. Have you guys? We have, yeah. It's been it's been awesome, and we've been doing. It's kind of tricky now because uh, we actually got our show on their TV app. Um, Tom Rowland's up there, oh, and cool. then and then we're up there, and so the stats. You know, there's different stats for those platforms, and then we've also been putting our shows up on YouTube. But when you combine all those numbers, it's definitely growing quite a bit. So it's really exciting. Yeah, I love I love seeing how many more people are getting into into pot. I mean, two years ago, even like my own parents, they never even heard of a podcast. Like, what is that? And now they're into it. Like, I love seeing so many more people getting into it and uh, and and listening to all of it. Like, if you look at the numbers, it's amazing 
how many people listen to the end versus like a YouTube video or a Facebook video. It's, it's so cool. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you guys for just keep piling on the content. I love it. Yep. Yep. I love that. You know, you can just put it on in the car and I think that's why people stick with it. Cause you're just driving. Yeah. You don't want to stop and change to something else. So it's a, uh, just a great platform and we're really excited that we got on it. And, uh, I think anglers in general, kind of that demographic, aren't as familiar with podcasts as some of the other demographics. So it's cool that we can kind of introduce uh, that audience to the whole platform and they can find other shows that they're interested in and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. So we started this new series centered around the importance of getting kids out fishing, but not really just kids. I mean, you know, new anglers in general, regardless of age, and I know that that's been a hot topic on several episodes of your show recently. And as the motto of our show goes, we're better together. So I wanted to bring you on today, kind of further that discussion and also introduce our listeners to some of the stuff that you guys are planning and hopefully make an impact in getting more people, kids particularly, into the sport of fishing. So first off, let's talk about a few of the recent episodes on your show. The ones that stand out to me, and we'll put links to those in our show notes so people can go have a listen themselves. But the ones that stand out to me were The Path to 60 Million Anglers in America featuring Liz Ogilvie from the ASA, which for people who aren't familiar, yep. that's the American Sport Fishing Association. And then you also had um, an episode called The Future of Recreational Boating and Fishing featuring Stephanie Vatalaro, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, from uh, yeah. RBFF. And then we'll get more into your more recent one, which was called Why Fishing Will Die If We Don't Fix This. But uh, what do you feel were some of the most important takeaways from the ASA and RBFF conversations for you? Yeah, I, I, I kind of summed it up in that Why Fishing Will Die. And I had not planned on doing that one. That was me in, 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 a, in a car ride by myself, or actually my two little daughters in the back, ironically. And uh, it hit me really hard listening to those two women from those two organizations talk about the stats and it's stuff that, you know, you and I, Angie and Barb, we might take for granted because maybe we grew up fishing and we had, you know, some kind of figure, whether it's a father figure, a mother figure, a grandparent or someone or a friend got us fishing. And then they were talking about these kids today with our busy lives and, and all the just things to do from the devices, to TV, to all the different types of entertainment they're not going out fishing like they used to. And the number 12 stuck in my head. And then 18, I believe 35 was the other one. There's like kind of the three big numbers. And essentially if someone doesn't have their first fishing experience before 12 years old, the chances of them fishing like get cut big time. And then if it goes past 18, you know, basically, you know, the time that people are getting senior in high school and then moving on into college or the real world or a you know trade association whatever they're doing then it like almost gets depleted and if they haven't fished by their 30s it's like zero chance almost that they're going to fish as an adult which means they're very unlikely to be taking their kids fishing when they do have families of their own and things like that uh in their 30s 40s and, and 50s so it's like golly that's so scary because i mean think think about 
um, what's happening now, like, and I mentioned captains for clean water cause it's, it's near and dear to my heart cause it's here in Florida and we're kind of seeing this unfold in front of our eyes and you have two pretty young, young guys. I mean, I think one is maybe 29 or 30 years old and the other is probably 40. And I mean, they've literally sacrificed everything. I mean, they've put their life on hold. They've taken massive pay cuts. They've quit their jobs. To, to basically fight this clean water fight. And the only reason they're doing it is because they had those experiences as young kids and they saw how much fishing meant to them and meant to their families and all the memories they created. And they're literally willing to risk everything. And if we don't have people like that in this next generation, these kids who are now maybe not even born yet, all the way to seven, eight years old, you're going to have an entire generation that doesn't care about fishing. And if all of a sudden there is a tough decision, hey, do we protect this fishery? You're in Tennessee. Do we protect this lake? Uh, or do we build high-rises on it because it's going to create a bunch of you know, jobs and tax money? It's a tough call. Like, if you've never been fishing before, and I wouldn't blame them. Like, if I've literally never been fishing, the chance to create jobs sounds good and create tax revenue and have a cool resort on a waterfront property that used to be maybe an estuary or uh, – uh, a federal state land, like it's a, it's a tough decision. And I, I think once you have that experience and you've been there before and you, you've had those memories with your loved ones, like everything changes. And so those were the big ones that hit me and just getting, like we have an opportunity now that is passing us by every single day that if we don't get these younger kids, this next generation fishing before the age of 12 and 18, we're kind of screwed, you know, because by the time you and I are in our, 70s and 80s and we're a little bit too old to go out there and advocate and, and, and even go fishing perhaps or if we're lucky to be alive at 85 i mean there's gonna be no one no one left to defend it and that's that's you know what scares me and it's 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 really become kind of a driving force that we didn't really see when we started salt strong and now it's it's kind of keeping us up at night if that makes sense absolutely and i i think that uh you know I, I I see up in, you know, I think there's a little bit different areas of the country that are having different movements. And uh, what people, number one, don't realize is it's way more than just fishing and the environment. I mean, we, I'm sure yeah. you, Joe, see how fishing changes people's lives. And, uh, you know, it just kind of creates more of an outdoor experience and self-confidence. And there's so many other lessons with that, you know, and the people on the outside think, you know, fishing, well, big deal, you know, but those of us on the inside of the industry see the transformation that happen in children and adults just through this sport. I know I do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I see is this trend in high school fishing. And um, I think that, you know, some of the curriculum changes within the schools, which fishing, you can, everyone can be included. You don't need to be genetically superior to compete and everyone's on an even playing field. And I think that's a real game changer too, you know, creating these lifetime sports that start out in young recreational programs, you know. And so each individual, I think, has a certain responsibility. Each angler themselves, I think, has a responsibility or should make an effort to, you know, at least give a little bit and take some kids fishing or make some effort. I know I've done that just recently, and it's just, it's so fun. I mean, you forget how fun it is to have that one-on-one or one-on-two experience with these new, young, fresh, you know, minds that are so just sucking it all in. 
Yeah, and and they talk about it. You know, even months or years later, I've seen it. My young kids. I mean, they talk about those experiences. They've uh, they've forgotten. You know, what TV show or movie they saw. They've forgotten about the bounce house we took them to for the birthday party. But they're talking about those memories. And every time I feel like we get near the water, my daughter will mention, "Hey, is that where we caught that one fish?" Like you can tell, like it's 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 a see your light up like it's awesome memories and i i love that piece of it and that's what luke and i constantly my brother remind ourselves is you know yeah we're in the fishing business we have a fishing community but we're really in the memory creating business and and we saw that firsthand we lost our grandfather not not too long ago at uh, at 93 and we were all there it is it is you know basically celebration of life when you make it that 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 long and and all the grandkids we're all talking about all the memories he created with us on the water. He was really big into boating and into fishing and had a little condo on the beach. And that's where we spent our summers. And I mean, those were all of our best memories of him. I don't remember, you know, what he got me for Christmas when I was 12. I don't remember any of that stuff, but I remember all those memories uh, at the beach house and on the boat with, uh, with him, which I think is, is, uh, is just a testament to how powerful fishing is in our lives. So what what's the high school fishing scene like down in Florida? Is that is that kind of growing like we've kind of been seeing in the uh, kind of up where Barb is in Minnesota, Wisconsin, slowly kind of gaining a little bit of ground? It is. It's and I think it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, who would have thought, you, you know, I think, Barb, you mentioned it earlier, you know, not to say that you don't need to have some kind of skill because that's not what we're implying, but you know, our youngest brother, Daniel was born with cerebral palsy. He's been in a wheelchair his entire life. He's never walked in his entire life. He's never talked his entire life. Yet the dude can go fishing and not to say he's going to be, you know, a pro, pro bass angler or anything, but, but he's got the opportunity to go fishing, meaning you don't have to be an Olympic athlete to, to do it. And I think that is attracting some people. And I think, it's, it's creating some opportunities for some kids that maybe just didn't like the normal sports and maybe they do, but I, I think it's the coolest thing ever that these fishing clubs are growing and then going into college. I mean, there's, it's not there yet, but it's happening where people are getting full rides, full paid scholarships to go fishing in college. And I was like, man, I wish that was around when, you know, when I was a little bit younger. Uh, it's, I think that's just the coolest thing ever. So yeah, that, that part gives us hope. I mean, I think, that's one of the most exciting things happening in, uh, in high school. And I'm, I'm hearing some junior high, uh, 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 junior high schools around here in Florida are starting to, to, to try to get some grants or loans or whatever it is to get, to get it going with, uh, with them a little bit tougher when you, know, you have to have a parent, obviously, uh, with someone that, that young, cause they're not even 16 to drive yet. But I think that's the coolest thing ever. Uh, and I would love for it to keep going even lower, like in elementary school, just based on, that 12-year-old number we talked about earlier, uh, just to give more opportunities for these uh, these younger kids to go fishing out there. Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned, I think, in that that uh, why fishing will die if we don't fix this episode is the social media impact. You know, these kids that get into the high school fishing teams and college and they're posting pictures on social media and their friends see it and they're like, yep. oh, that's kind of cool, you know, and get it just kind of hopefully will keep spreading that way. And, you know, even with these captains for clean waters, guys being younger demographic and people seeing what they're doing and being like, ah, oh, man, I, 
you know, I want to make an impact like that. It's really cool. Yeah. And that's, that's what we have to do. And that's where, that's where we're going to fail. Meaning salt's wrong. And the RBA, like all these groups are going to fail if we just keep cranking out content with adults fishing. Cause the kids don't care. Right. And, and I've got, you know, I'm not trying to be mean, but I, I think that's where we're going to all miss, miss the boat big time is we've got to get more of these younger kids showing how cool it is. Right? And there's so many stories. And I've, I've seen with my own kids where I can teach them how important it is to swim and why they need to do this or why they need to eat vegetables. And until they see one of their peers doing it, who they maybe look up to, maybe that kid who's like a year older than them, they kind of like, and, and, and kind of want to be like, and they see them swimming or them doing something. They're like, Oh, I, I kind of want to try that because so-and-so did not because mom or dad did a mom and dad play a massive role in this. But I think if we don't have those young influencers involved in this, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to miss out on a big opportunity. And I do think that is one of the pros of social media because there's plenty of cons, but one of the big pros is that is, you know, you can have a couple young influencers who are 15, 16 years old fishing and posting their stuff and posting YouTube videos and millions of young kids seeing it who might look up to them saying, Hey mom, dad, I, I kind of want to try that. Or, Hey, you know, friends, let's, let's, let's try this. Looks, looks pretty cool. Look what they're doing over here. Um, so I, I do love that, that aspect of, uh, of social media as much as I, I, I hate other pieces of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a mixed blessing for sure. <laughs> Andy mentioned something about some of the future plans that you have to kind of implement. Um, like we're doing a lot of work. Like I personally do a lot of work with uh, getting women engaged and what I find is once once they're totally, you know, engaged and, you know, they get this passion, they're out, you know, kind of, they're the ones coaching a lot of these high school fishing teams and they're really kind of giving back. And so I think that that's kind of a big piece of the pie, you know, is finding these mentors that are stepping forward to kind of make that happen. So I think that's, it's critical and that's, it's it's really tough because you obviously you need to reach the kids, but you have to take a step back and say, how do we reach the kids? Right. You can't just, as I mentioned earlier, you can't just run a bunch of ads and on their Facebook feeds of adults fishing because they're not going to care. And so what we're, at least our belief right now is that we need to reach as many adults as possible and encourage them and, and basically equip them with what they need to go out there and confidently catch fish. Cause I know if like, if I'm confident that I can go out there and catch fish myself, then I'm, I'm pretty confident I can get my kids to it. But if I'm scared, I'm fearful and I'm like frustrated, the last person I want to take out is my kids. Right. Um, and so that's, that's kind of been our underlying thing because people said, Hey, why don't you have courses for kids? And we actually do it. We have a free one, but it doesn't get that much use, which is really interesting. That's free. You know, our paid ones get a whole lot more use than they're, they're paid. And so we're trying to, as I mentioned, equip uh, the, the adults, if you will, and get them confident where, and, and, and just and give them the freedom to know, Hey, I don't need to go buy all this stuff. I don't have to have a $60,000 boat. Now there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't have to have all this fancy stuff that I can go out there and consistently catch fish. And then usually once that happens, you want to share it with other people, right? Like once you, you get a little good, and obviously become great, the more and more fish you catch, the more and more you want to share it with others and get other people out there versus, you know, 
flip side, if you're just getting skunked, you don't want to take other people out there. It's embarrassing. Like you, you look like you're like an idiot. Cause I've, I've been there before. I know. Uh, but once you, once you do get that, that confidence, I think that's just a big piece of it. Uh, to me, I, I think that's how we're making an impact now. At some point, we're going to have to take it to the next level, which is like the hands-on getting kids out there. But for right now, where we are, uh, we're we're just not doing that. We haven't had really any camps. We've given back to the, you know some little events around here, the cast for kids and stuff like that. We are impacting you know forty kids at a time, which is awesome. But right now, we're just trying to scale as big and as broad as we can to as many adults as we can. To, to hopefully have them go out there and impact as many kids as they can, if that makes sense. You know, you don't have to put on a huge clinic, you know, even just taking people within your family. Like I, I have a whole, you know, I have like 20 some great nieces and nephews. Well, I don't buy them birthday presents and Christmas presents, but what I do is I make sure that I take them all fishing at least a couple times in the summer and then ice fishing too. So I think everyone's got people or kids, even the neighbor kids or the, you know, relatives or whoever, just to make it that point to make that effort. Yeah. And that's, and that's something that we've honestly, you know, kind of failed on. I think it, it hit me talking to Stephanie, I believe it was. And, and what you said is, is perfect, Barb, about that, that one impact you could have with just a couple of kids or even one kid uh, where we've been looking so so big at scaling and we still are because I feel like that's what we're called to do. Everyone's different. Like you can't just have one organization that's going to solve all the problems. This is going to take a mass movement with a lot of different groups. Uh, but yeah, I think that's one thing to never miss the boat on is just the impact you can have with just one kid. I mean, look at, look at, I mean, we're now impacting a lot of people because our grandfather instilled the love of fishing in our dad and our dad did the same for us. Uh, my dad didn't put on clinics. My dad didn't have a website. He just said, hey, I want to make sure my kids are out there fishing and give them the opportunity to fish like I did. And and look what it's done to us now as adults, where we quit our, our six-figure jobs because it was so important to us and we saw how much it, it tied our family together. So I, I think it's so critical not to miss, you know, the small things. But at the same point, where you have to look at the big, the big picture too, is all right, how do we create movements out of this? How do we, how do we get a million new people? Or in the case of the 60 million anglers, how do we get 5 million new people in the next five years? Um, that is a little bit tough. Just taking one kid at a time. So, uh, that, that's, the, that's the part I'm still confused on. That's why like, it's like that itch. And I was asking Stephanie, you probably heard Angie, those questions. Like, I was like, Oh, I wish there was just one simple answer. And, and there's not, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to take a lot of different uh, touch points and a lot of different one-on-one clinics, a lot of different moms and dads and grandparents and aunts and uncles out there taking a kid at a time, and it's going to take a lot of social media and uh, and influencers to to make this happen and uh, essentially save fishing, as I as I said in my uh, <laughs> uh, kind of alarming uh, you know podcast episode. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. Just all of those things coming together and slowly, you know, growing the momentum and and hopefully kind of snowballing eventually and maybe we'll get there. (laughs) So you you mentioned uh, before before we wrap this up, I wanted to uh, introduce our listeners to something really cool that you guys just recently introduced because you mentioned not wanting to go out there and get skunked. And uh, you guys just created something really cool called 
the skunk factor analysis tool. Would you mind telling our listeners just a little bit about what that is? Oh yeah, no, thanks for that. Um, you know, we, we if you don't know the salt spring, we have an on it's an online fishing club, and we have a massive public group, and then we have the private group where we give our exclusive stuff and, and literally showing our spots every week, et cetera. And now after you know. 25,000 people, I believe, have, have gone through and bought our courses, et cetera. The one theme that we keep hearing over and over again, and it ties into this getting kids out fishing, is just, I don't want to get scotched. You know, yeah, it'd be cool to catch a world record or state record fish, but at the end of the day, I'm busy, I've got a job, or maybe I've got kids, maybe I don't, but at the end of the day, I just want to go out there and get tight lines. I want to go out there and enjoy my time and maximize it where I'm not frustrated, AKA I don't want to get scum. And so we, we spent a lot of time thinking through it and, and talking to some other pros and got a couple of their pros on, on board and they're like, all right, if you can go back to when you were first starting, like what are the things that you just wish someone had told you? Like something that would literally cut the learning curve down years. And that's what we created. So we created a whole little course and on the front end of it, instead of just selling a course, like let's do something kind of interesting. So we created the skunk factor analysis tool, which is pretty awesome. And I won't, I won't give all of it away, uh, but there's a lot of different paths. It's almost kind of like a choose your own destiny where it asks you a series of questions. And based on your answers, it literally takes you down a different path every time where we have different solutions of like us out on the water showing here's how to solve the problem. Like, Hey, uh, for me, it was, uh, as I was a bad spot, Brad, meaning I was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. And there's a, a video, a tutorial, like a, I think it's a 12 minute video teaching you like, all right, here's what you're doing wrong. Here's how to fix it, which is so cool. And so we've had some amazing, uh, amazing feedback on that. And we, and we involved my daughter too. Uh, and a lot of it, you know, she's seven years old in, in one video, I think, I think we're about to release it next week. So we haven't released this yet. She's uh she's out there like literally out fishing us, which is hilarious and awesome. <laughs> and I mean she's killing it. And I think she caught ten fish in like less than an hour, like five different species, all in one little area, all just using a little hook and a little piece of the shrimp and some live shrimp. And I was like, it, it's not as hard as we make it out to be. And sometimes we overthink it. And and so we 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 showed to say, hey, like listen, even a seven year old can do this if you put yourself in the right place. There was we weren't with any guide. It was just literally us buying some shrimp, buying a couple dozen shrimp, and going out there and, and, and having a really good uh, good time. And so, uh, and then, once again, it ties into the kids fishing because we all we all could do that. And that's what we're trying to help solve through some of these online courses and the skunk skunk factor analysis tools and fun things we're doing. And that's at uh, I guess it's saltstrong.com forward slash skunk is where you can find this it. completely free tool. Doesn't cost anything. As I mentioned, it's a, either a nine to usually a twelve minute video on the uh, on the back end, like your uh, your little solution. So now, thanks that, for bringing that yeah. up. That was a it was a fun one. Is that uh, does that mostly just apply to inshore fishing, or is that something that people can apply those that tool to wherever you are? Yeah, great great question. It it really is targeted to inshore fishing. But I mean, I live on a lake. I mean, I, I live in the dead middle of, uh, of Florida right now, and I apply the same stuff. You know, it's it's always based on biology and you know putting yourself in the fish's shoes essentially, or the fish's fins. And hey, like what you know, why would a fish be here at a certain time, 
certain day, uh, in certain water temperatures, depending on the different variables you have in your body of water. And that's really what we're trying to solve. Because I think once you do that, the other stuff doesn't matter. Your lure color and your boat and all that stuff is kind of irrelevant. Uh, you know, what brand of hooks you're using. And I think so many anglers get caught up in all of that and making sure they have all the right tackle. And I see a lot of questions about, hey, what's the best color braided line? Like, that's so irrelevant to catching fish. Um, it, like, it's fluoro versus mono. Like, it's so irrelevant once you can put yourself in the right spot at the right time. And then that all comes down to like thinking like a fish, understanding the biology of the fish, whether it be a largemouth bass or a walleye or a pike or, you know, a snooker or a redfish you know, down here in, uh, in the intro fishing in Florida. But uh, yeah, it's kind of fun for everyone. I think anyone can learn something from it. And obviously there's no obligation to buy the, to buy the course afterwards uh, at, at all, but it's a, uh, it's kind of a, a fun one. That's why we created that way. We like, how would we like to be, you know, essentially offered a product like instead of just like, oh, here's the pitch for it. Let's create some fun, really like load them up with some awesome value and customize it. And uh, that's why we came up with that. And I think it's going to be one of our most popular, uh, popular things that we've done here in 2019. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today and uh, for everything that you guys are doing. We'll keep in touch. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're better together. So uh, hopefully, you know, maybe we can join forces in the future and uh, just really broaden the impact uh, that we're all trying to make in the industry. Absolutely. I, I love I love what you ladies are doing. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at ICAST coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, exciting. Awesome. Both Barb and I are going to be down there, so and we're I'm, super pumped. Awesome! And awesome. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go take that skunk factor quiz right now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let, let, let me know what you because every 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 you know solution essentially has a name. We made them funny names like uh, Lure Lover Larry and Bat Spot Brad and Spooky Sam, meaning like you're spooking the fish. And so it was it was pretty fun. We had a Luke and I had a blast making that. <laughs> Let let me know what uh what your skunk factor you are. <laughs> yeah, I will, and we'll be sharing this stuff all over our platform. So I'm curious to see what the people find themselves as being. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Joe. You... Have a great one. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks to you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Stay tuned next week as we wrap up this series on an incredibly high note. You're absolutely going to love our guest, Avery Rose. Avery's a young angler from Canada who's been making a splash all over YouTube and social media with her amazing videos. It's young kids like her that give us a ton of hope for the future of the sport. So definitely check her out and support what she's doing to influence other kids her age to get into fishing. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out. And remember to like our Facebook page so you can see what we're up to this week at iCast as well. It's going to be a blast. Thanks again, everyone.